where the hearts were back for 89 minutes we came crashing back down to reality my name is Jarvie and I'm joined this time by Paddy, Hanny and Cameron together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band how are we doing boys? Simon, Simon's not here tonight better things to do don't blame him at all. <laughs> Wish I did. <laughs> um, let, let's just jump straight into it before we get to the Rangers game and look ahead to a Rangers game and ahead to basically Rangers as well with Livingston. Uh, last week, the fans forum event, I don't know what you want to call it, was literally on the same time we were recording. Hammy, you and I jumped on afterwards. Um, what, what did you make of it all? Uh, it was like listening to this podcast at times because everybody was really angry. Uh, it was it was weird because I know like folks seemed to just go. It was like a Q and A session, but I mean, fairly Louise Stratton, Gary Halliday, who answered what they could, but um, you know they they couldn't answer a lot of the questions that I think fans really want to know about the more the in detail stuff. Um, I do think there was. Somebody on Kickback had said that Jerry Marlon was going to turn up. And mm-hmm. at some points they kept saying if Jerry or yeah. Andrew McKinley join, which that's yeah. sort of part of the reason why I really wanted to be in there, but they never. So It's basically um, false advertisement. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good that there's some engagement there. I think they need to do a hell of a lot more of that, especially now. Um, but yeah, no, I guess it was good for fans to let Louise and Gary Halliday know that they're upset. I think they probably know that already anyway, but um, mm. it's good to be seen to be doing something. Did anybody ask about them maybe getting a real foundation website? Well, that, <laughs> they said, Cameron, that they're very much, that's very much the focus at the moment, is building this uh, this new website. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it sounded desperate, but for all the things going on and all, all the anger in the fan base, they just basically said their main focus is getting new pledgers. <laughs> it's like, well, now is not the time. Read the room. Probably guess, that's, guess that's kind of their role, though, isn't it? It is. But the, I found the meeting was really frustrating for me because over 90% of the questions, Hammy, were like completely irrelevant to Gary and Louise, never mind the foundation of hearts. So they were asking questions about like the fucking game against Celtic and stuff. You're like, what are you expecting? them to say to this that and you know there's there's probably people that spoke spoke there that listen to this podcast and it, it was it's an emotional time as a hearts fan i get it but there was a there was a lot of, of rambling going on we'll see um and you know fine well jerry would have been sitting at his laptop with whatsapp open and he would have got a message saying didn't bother joining I think there's a funny thing, like as football fans in general, it's not just hearts, but people really struggle with anyone from the club is responsible for the product on the pitch in their yeah. in their eyes, and it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so the understanding of like who does what doesn't exist because if you are representing the club, mm-hmm. then you might as well be playing at number nine because if you didn't score that penalty, it's everybody's fault. Exactly, and to the to the best of my knowledge, the only salaried board member is Andrew McKinley. So the rest is um owners, silent benefact secret benefactors and volunteers. So Andrew McKinley's the only paid person on the board. He's paid to kind of run the football club effectively. So if there's anyone you want to take your anger out on, it's it's Andrew McKinley and Hammy following I can't remember what day it was, the end of last week, there was the, the shareholders, well no yeah, the shareholders AGM, wasn't it? And uh, just another dinner. So that mind we talked last day, there was a dinner. Apparently they have loads of these dinners, possibly once a month. <laughs> but there was another one. And um, yeah, McKinley and Budge were the guests this time after Naismith and Savage. So a couple blockbuster months for the shareholders dinner, getting their money's worth. £12 a year, by the way, decent. 
To be fair, I have done it every night. <laughs> oh, hey, look at you. <laughs> Show off, Mr. Oddie, missing the money bags. <laughs> I know. Times aren't tough in the Cameron household. Tommy's <laughs> in a t shirt. <laughs> right. Mr. Newbuild. Um, yeah, so that went. And apparently next month it's the guys for the Hearts Museum who are the special guests. So <laughs> hopefully we're doing a bit better or they might get it in the neck. And right. again, they have none to do, but as Cameron says, they'll get the blame. All right. No, so then, um, Derek, I know you only do the guided tours, but I mean, <laughs> what's going on at the, at the back, like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shambles. <laughs> um, go, going back to the fans forum, uh, one interesting thing I think came out from it, Hammy, was the stuff. So there was a dietitian seminar at Tincastle. I remember this. It was in the summer sometime. And it was the dietitian for Harch that ran the seminar. And one of the, I can't remember her name, someone speaking at the fans forum said, um, basically, that it's shocking that it's optional for the players to actually be using a dietitian. And, and it's not compulsory for them to be doing extra fitness work. And if it you shows. a collective head shaking off about 80 people on the call, like it seems, it seems wild. And I was, like, I was thinking about this, like, there's almost certainly smaller clubs that have that mandate, like, pretty much every oh, club right. must, surely. Like, I remember years ago, um, we used to see the Edinburgh guys around the area quite a lot, and yeah. they were constantly with folk, like, taking them into the shops, telling them what to buy food wise and stuff. Like, the Edinburgh rugby is smaller than Harps, mm-hmm. and if they're and they almost definitely are sitting with you know dietitians etc. What are we doing? It's mental. I mean, I'm not not to please don't stop listening to the podcast listener. But I was playing rugby at a fairly decent level in my late teens, and I had dietitian advice when I was <laughs> 17, 18 years old. So surely there's different levels to it. I'm thinking maybe there's someone doing the basics with the hardest players, but they're not fully. I don't know. I'm just trying to... I don't know why I'm trying to make excuses for hearts. I fucking hate hearts. <laughs> no, but it does show. Our fitness is awful. Awful, and, yeah. Um, and I, I guess it's maybe a bit of a stretch, but is, is it any wonder we constantly go through injury crises and things? If You know, you can go into massive details about it. Not exactly me, because I'm, I'm not the fittest person in the world, but you, what you put in, it helps your output and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't ask Cameron as well. I know he's a runner, but he's at the pub every weekend before runs. It's, it's awful. <laughs> Usually after, but sometimes. <laughs> Running to the pub. <laughs> you get those miles in anywhere you can. <laughs> but yeah, no, like you, what you put in helps, you know, the output and all that, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine. So yeah, if they're snacking on Haribo's and fucking. Pizza supper. I mean, listen, in the seventies and all that, <laughs> they were going through for pints and winning everything. So, yeah, they're just Pat, Paddy. You've been awfully quiet, so I'll make a question up for you. You, you watch a lot of English football, <clears throat> in, in all seriousness, and you you can just tell from. I remember the Hearts Leeds friendly in the summer, and you just looked at the Leeds players, and you just you could just tell there were that like five ten percent less body fat on them. They just looked so much more athletic. Now, yeah. what is the difference from like English football to these Scottish football level players? Better steroids, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Get these allergies. No, they put in the they have to put in the extra work, and they Aye. have like those clubs are the dietitians will be the best in the world because mm-hmm. of the amount of money that's floating about and stuff like that. But you'd think like if you were a Hearts player. You'd want to be putting in extra work to try and get a move to one of these bigger clubs. Yeah, it's it also your job. Yeah, exactly. It is. I know. <laughs> like, what do you do? Train like train two two hours a day or something, four mm-hmm. days a week probably. That's it. Then don't turn up on a Saturday or a Sunday. <laughs> so nice. Like the plot twist at the end. That was good. Like put put a wee bit more effort in. Like Cameron said, you're getting fucking paid to do this. It's mm-hmm. not fucking difficult. Yeah. What I would say is we are saying that it's not compulsory for extra fitness work and dietitians. What we don't know is maybe they are all using it. 
<laughs> I, I am. I'm going to say that's not happening. I want you to play devil's advocate. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just reeks of uh, just being unpro- unprofessional. There's yeah. everything, everything wrong at the club for me just now. And we've already slated and there's been fans demand- calling for the fitness coach's head before. <laughs> but the whole thing screams to me that we need a new manager and a whole new coaching Sell, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe we'll come on to that. I like you. <laughs> Cameron's still hanging on to Naismith till Christmas. <laughs> um, and yeah, and at the shareholders dinner, so Andrew McKinley, apparently, Hammy, the, the first question of the night was directed at Andrew McKinley. And it was, apparently, it was admittedly quite a, a ramble about on-pitch performances, as expected. But apparently McKinley was very sarcastic and and wound everyone up the round way, the wrong way, should say, from the get go. Yeah, that doesn't sound yeah. Good, no. Um, and what were they expecting? Did they think with the performances and shit that's going on that it was not going to be a ramble of a question hmm. about what's going on? And to answer like that just strikes of the fact they don't actually give a fuck, but they're they're getting paid for what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they don't actually care about what's happening on the pitch. Yeah, like genuinely, what were they expecting to be asked? Were they expecting a good a pat on the back and saying everything's going well? Mm-hmm. Maybe they were. <laughs> These things are all, but you know, like uh, maybe he doesn't have to. You'd be surprised if he didn't. It, but he does. Yeah, like being there being five hundred fans left at the end of the Celtic game is probably an indication that things aren't great at the moment. <laughs> One one salaried person at the club is the PR manager, and I can only imagine how hard job they have at the moment. Um, and yeah, extra working. And McKinley made reference to we were just speaking to a couple speaking about a couple of weeks ago the Jambles kickback poll at the end of last season <laughs> when when talking about the Naismith appointment. He yeah, said well, that's, that is fucking scary if that's what they're basing shit off of. I know everybody on that fucking platform is unhinged. <laughs> time, eh? I I hate it. I really don't like what's happening at our football club. No. Um, another man whose head is is constantly called for is uh, is Joe Savage, um, and he's been speaking, spraffing very openly in a very big article in the Standard, which is the new independent hearts publication by Joe, um, not by Joe Savage. By Joe <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't run that as well. His own um, written work. Hi. Um, and he speaks very openly. Did you all read it about his role as director of football? Um, spoke at length about how difficult it is to sign a player, basically. Yeah. Unsurprising, uh, given how shit we are. I, don't, I just, every time I hear for Joe Savage at the moment, he's constantly telling everybody about what he doesn't do. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely, the more and more I think about it, he is just like a glorified HR guy. Just gets people to sign a contract whilst telling them about how much they're going to get taxed. I don't know, just... <laughs> Aye. And sort of sticking up for Lansfield and stuff as well. And what was it? He said Naismith and McAvoy and that are the, the best scouts in Scotland, so we don't need mm-hmm. to have any scouts up in Scotland. Aye. Aye. That was wild. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> we, we we basically only have we have two scouts. William Lansfield, who's head scout, and we have one other scout, can't remember his name. That's it. Australia the way. Well, be, the only sign player from Australia. That's um what's his pus ex player. I think he'll be a consultant. Probably getting a, a fee for any Aussies that come our way, but yeah, like employed by the club, William Lansfield, and one other guy. Mad. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's not good, but it doesn't surprise me either. And the article said that we missed out on our our top twenty targets in the summer. <laughs> twenty. <laughs> I can't help but feel we're maybe looking at the wrong players if we're missing out on twenty. Well, yeah, this is why everyone was raging. Why are you looking at Asia and South America? 
where you could have gone, you could have brought in Robbie D's, you know, at the back. I've seen that as an example a few times, and I know it's easy to say that in hindsight when someone comes up to the Premier League and, and hits the ground running, but there there would have been safer bets. And look at Alan Forrest; he's one of our best players. <laughs> a good domestic signing. He's a scorer. Who, who, who you'd have definitely been the bit a month ago. Oh. <laughs> 100%. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult job. But I've, you know, I've never read such an open article from anyone in football. It's a wee bit I, I... Um, sort of rats jumping off the ship before it sinks. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'm doing all this. Yeah. Well, moving on to more footballing matters, because it is better on the pitch, obviously. Um, just when we thought Craig Gordon could feature against Rangers in the Cup this coming weekend, maybe, we thought maybe he'll even get some minutes against Livingston on the Wednesday. Who knows? Well, it's been confirmed that he's a dinner guest at the curry night <laughs> this Wednesday. <laughs> so we're, we're definitely not seeing Craig Gordon until after the international break. Let's face that. <laughs> he will be joining uh, Andy Webster, David Templeton, and someone else as well. Liam McMahon, is it not? <laughs> no, no. That's <laughs> beneath me, that hospitality. I'm at the top hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's, is it not Halkett? Yeah, yeah, Halkett. So we're not seeing him again soon either then. No, that's been confirmed. He's back after. He's back after. Um, but Craig Gordon did semi make his return in the past week. He got ninety minutes playing for the B team, which is good to hear. So it's um, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. I, I reckon in this slump, you you just play Craig Gordon for his presence and leadership as well as ability. I think you just play him once he's fit. What do you think? I well, you know, I'm sure we'll probably get into it a bit more as well. But I desperately want him back between the nets now. <laughs> I've I've flopped already from last week to saying I don't mind Sandy Clark to yeah not um I you know but I agree with you though the morale boost I think would um would help somewhat. No. Right. Good. Um, we spoke at length about all our injuries last week, and we clean forgot that Barry Mackay existed. So it's point. He's a some point sort of, I've forgotten a bit of my wee bit. I must admit, Alex Lowry sort of taken my mind off him, which is nice. Right. The the new Rangers toy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, Craig Halkett, Paddy uh, Naismith has confirmed that he is back and he will be available following the international break. That's good. Potentially season-defining news that. Yeah. Getting Halkett back at the back. Will Naismith be in charge for him to come back? That Aye. is the question. It would take... Well, let's talk about that now. For Stephen Naismith to get sacked, <laughs> we would have to get beat by Livingston on Wednesday and I'd say get beat by four in the semi. Well, Jarvis, I am going to both those games and uh, the other two games I've been to this season have been Kelly and Celtic, so... <laughs> it is very possible. Yeah, I mean, I think for the for the sake of our football club, Paddy, maybe you're a good martyr to to bring it, <laughs> bring Naismith down. <laughs> um, <sighs> we'll talk about those games shortly. Neil Doncaster has somehow found himself on the European board. <laughs> Honestly, man, like that there is. Very few people in this world that fall out of trees and <laughs> land in. <laughs> You're really struggling by an analogy there. Yeah, you? I am. Like... <laughs> Landing in a pot of gold. How does that fucker that's, do that's what, 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 that's... <laughs> No, 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 no. That's not a saying. You don't fall out of trees <laughs> into gold. Well, he has. I fell out of a tree once. Broke my arm. <laughs> Uh, go on, tell us. Keep going. <laughs> Keep it going, Paddy. Just how? 
Yeah. But how does anybody look at how Scottish football's running and go, well, that's a guy for me? Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? I never actually read the article. I didn't dare. I only read the, head, the headline. Yeah. Anyone know any more information about this? It's, uh, a, it's like a European leagues thing. So they promote, I believe, like the progression of leagues within Europe. I, it's not like it's a UEFA job, so I don't really know. It sounds a bit of a jobs for the boys type thing. Like there'll be a Doncaster from multiple leagues on it. That sounds terrible. <laughs> like a really bad party. <laughs> multiple Doncasters. But the day Cameron, if, so if they all fell out of trees. <laughs> if all fell out of trees <laughs> and landed in gold, I believe. Lots of gold, I said. <laughs> and are they at the end of the rainbow? <laughs> Something like that. Oh dear. Um, New Rangers manager Clement was in the papers midweek saying that he was an admirer of Lauren Shankland. Oh. Of course he was, because Rangers were playing harsh. They do this. <laughs> um, he actually said he he knows of Lauren Shankland very well since his time at Beershot, which, by the way, he played right wing back when he was at Beershot, and he also played with that Casado that now plays for Chelsea. When he was at Beershot. Facts. Um, and yeah, and following the game, uh, all the Rangers men I work with and loads of Rangers men on the Twitters are all saying, Lon Shankland is an absolute must signing this January. It's going to happen. <laughs> I can feel it. In my <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of those rumours and things that just won't go away, isn't it? So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, out of contract next season. It's the perfect time to be sticking a contract under his face and asking him, say, like, are you going to sign or not? If the answer is no, and I, I think we've got to seriously consider cashing I, I, in. I think there's a thing, though. Like, if he was going elsewhere and you were offered actual money, then I'd agree. But if they come in with their usual, like, what? Million pound offers for like a hundred grand or whatever it is, he's going to be worth more to us over the next eighteen months than he would be, you know, for the for the fee you're going to get, and you're also just sending them to someone you're going to play. I I think as a club, you should be making a stand at that point and getting the money you're due. Mm -hmm. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, hopefully, also hearts. In a way, you've got to hope that there's still Saudi interest there. Oh, who remit to whoever? Yeah, ideally not in the league as well. But if there's Saudi strong Saudi interest, that'll drive up the price. If he does go to Rangers, then you can be talking in the multi-millions. Well, yeah, definitely. And I don't want to get all Mikey Stewart here, but they spent four million on that Sam Lammers boy, and he is mm. a top pish. Aye. So Shanklin's worth at least double him. <laughs> <laughs> so you're putting an eight million pound price tag on Lord Shanklin's head, Paddy. No, I've got a twenty-five million pound price tag on its head, but <laughs> does anybody actually believe the Saudi offer was really ever there? I, I think there was something there, yeah. I also think because they had interest from Iran as well and Israel. Like you don't score that many goals domestically anywhere without flagging up to scouts across Europe. You know what I mean? I mean, unless your hearts, because we don't have scouts, but. Oh, we are more interested in that. <laughs> we did sign him, to be fair. No, but only because we knew. Like, aye, that's because he was playing abroad. We wouldn't have signed him if he was still a daddy. <laughs> <thing, but>, <laughs> Shambles. Um, so aye, that's uh, to be continued, that story, I am sure, as we get into the festive period. Um, Paddy, Marty Sefentes looks... Pretty much locked on to be the new QPR manager. We have had a fucking howler here, haven't we? <laughs> Let's just wait and see what he does there. But uh, apparently, he's done really well at Hammer Bay, got them back into Europe. So, aye, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> Probably not great looking at um, holes on kickback for sign- uh, signing up managers. <laughs> I mean, if you were to take the four of us, there would be a 75% vote in favour for appointing Naismith at the end of the Cameron being the 25% against. But um, but we're emotional hearts 
fans and podcasters, Andrew McKinley should have thought about Hearts as a business and said, wait a minute, this guy's had a shite season in the Lowland League and he's not got any badges. That's not going to happen. But no. Cameron, you should volunteer to be on the board. They're looking for volunteers. I'll volunteer to be on the board. Mm-hmm. Listen, imagine the amount of criticism I get for you. <laughs> <laughs> you get your dinner once a month. You've got my you've got my number. That'd be a real problem. Oh, I'll be phoning you during the game. <laughs> Do you get uh, a signal on the wheat field? Occasionally. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that dark land doesn't seem like the sort of place they would have telephones or anything like that. Golden Greek. There's a, there's actually landlines underneath every third seat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, no Simon here this week, unfortunately. So no Simon says game. So we'll just move straight on to talk about the Rangers game, unfortunately. Um, following a, a magnificent least we forget display, how did we line up going into this one? Three five two or a five three. Three five two. Three changes for the Celtic game after such a an insipid performance. I guess we needed to make changes. Maybe not the changes that we would have made, but um, Devlin, Lowry and Forrest dropped out, which for Forrest one I was quite surprised with. Hmm. Lowry obviously can't play because we've got him on loan from Rangers. And and Devlin as well, we, again, a, a wee bit surprised. In came Beningame, uh, Jorge Grant and... Fire at right back because we decided to play it with sort of the three five two with the two wing backs instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess thinking was, you know, a bit of a stronger midfield to compete, with, which I, th- I think we did a better job at um, in the first half. Um, our defence looked okay as well. Um, I'm sure we'll get into some of the moments that were yeah. less than okay though. But for the most part, you could see what we were doing. We were trying to be that solid unit um, controlling the game, but it, it sadly didn't pan out like that. Yeah. Right, by all accounts, it was a very, very decent first half of football. Um, to talk through the key moments, moments um, starting with a goal, it was a, a lovely ball into the box from Alex Cochran. Um, Shanklin found himself marked by is it Yilmaz who is only 5 foot 3 so no offence Cameron but that's smart play on how to <laughs> how to target a defence and get a header on goal in the box you know put your big strike finish. <laughs> it was a really nice header across goal wasn't it that was it 1-0 well, no, could, could not believe it but I've been here before. You were going, oh, celebrating and going, oh, I've played it now. I'm playing at Ibrox here. Um, and really, the first half, most of the story is about Shankland. Uh, Rangers had a, a big chance a wee bit later, um, which was spilling its way into goal. And Shankland cleared it on off the line. Um, thought that was from a corner. Although we were set up very well defensively in open play, we looked pretty shaky from corners, I thought. See, for... Like talking about that clearance, that mm-hmm. <laughs> there's an argument to be said that that clearance is better than his goal. <laughs> like, it's a hell of a clearance. <laughs> See, if you watch it back, it's like he knew it knows it's coming because everyone's going towards the ball and he just finds himself walking to the goal line. So, That's brilliant. It really is. Clever play from uh, El, Ca- El Capitano, albeit <laughs> Rangers at some point. And <laughs> Shankland again. Um, setting up Vargas for a, a clean strike on goal, well, a one-on-one with the keeper, Vargas just absolutely skied it into the stand. So that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Again, lovely play from Shanklin, just to, to nicely tuck it round to Vargas. Um, Shanklin again taking a ping from about 55, 60 yards out. It wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, he's no Stephen Humphreys. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who was it? Somebody else scored. Oh, Harry Kane. Harry Kane scored an absolute screamer from the half. He's, he's no him either. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. And then just to to finish off the all the main talking points from the first half, uh, Sibic's stupid challenge 
um, on that, that blonde guy um, in the box to give Rangers <laughs> a penalty. Um, a ridiculous foul in the box. I don't know what he's thinking. It feels like every week we talk about a civic mistake. And <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really fed up with it. Like, it's just so clumsy. It's, it's, it's the clumsiness, but also the decision-making at points. Like, you yeah. can't make that challenge. You just, you, like... No. It's, it's just daft. Mm-hmm. And it's a stonewaller. Like, there's no yeah. argument there. Right. It was a great run into the box. He was going to get a shot away, but there was plenty of bodies in front of him. The chances of him scoring there would have been pretty slim. No need at all to be lunging in there. And it was bad positioning in the build-up to be to suddenly find yourself the wrong side um, on the run in the first place as well. All-round rubbish stuff from Civic. But we just don't have the depth at the back to keep a player like that out of the team. Yeah, I think oh. he'd just moved to the right-back position because a fire had hmm. had to go off. Um, That's a point as well, actually. Like, to be sitting... Your manager having to hook you in the first half because you, you look like you're going to get yourself sent off. That's a liability as well. Yeah. And that's caught that causes that problem. Mm-hmm. Like you're every I mean we spoke about it in the Hibs game, the shift in defense probably probably killed us there. Yeah. Certainly yeah, contributed, no. but it's the same thing, isn't it? Like self self-inflicted and you're having to change that back setup. And mm-hmm. we don't look versatile at the back at all. No. Um sorry to interrupt you, Jarvie, but just to uh, confirm QPR have now appointed Marty. Chifuentes as our manager. Breaking news on the Broken Arts podcast. <laughs> Not good news, but breaking news. But even more breaking when you listen to it in three days' time. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that's uh, shocking news. Well, we're going to come on to talk about potential managerial changes. I'd imagine after kickback, Hammy, I'd imagine next before we get in a few pillars there. Um, but thankfully, Tav missed the penalty and Toby Subic ran straight to Xander Clark and gave him a big cuddle and said, <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Although it came off the post. Xander <laughs> went the wrong way. Pay attention, Toby. Maybe he, would, maybe he never watched the penalty. <laughs> <clears throat> so at half time, there was booze, which is familiar to Hearts fans. However, they weren't Hearts booze. They were big Rangers men booze, which was quite nice. Um, and I first half is all about Lauren Shankland. I thought Nienhoff was phenomenal um, in the first half as well. Yeah, they're very good, especially because he looked awful against um, Celtic. Uh, yeah. So I was actually surprised to see him in the starting lineup. But yeah, no, he, I don't know, he seemed like a different player, like proper good engine or a running about daft and, and um, doing really well. Maybe that's just an Australian thing, but him and Devlin, the two, two really energetic fellies in the centre of the belt, uh, pitch so he's, good for him he's had an unlucky run as well fitness wise for joining the club like actually mm-hmm. hopefully comes on to a game now that he's got a run in the team yeah I hope so I was saying this a few weeks ago like, a bit of a dark horse in the squad because he is that attacking central midfielder which we're saying we need to sign but it's just that he hasn't cemented a first team place in the squad but maybe he is the answer once he gets himself sharp we hope and we pray. There's a lot of football to get played until the January transfer window. A lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Neuenhoff and Kai Rose looked, play, looked to me in the first half. He was playing like he was brimming with confidence. Like He seemed like a bit of a new man at times. Past few games, he's, um, he's had a wee good patch of form. Um, mm-hmm. Not making... You know the silly sort of errors that were were coming into this game. And maybe it is just confidence. He's just had a good game, and then he's able to continue that. So I mean, yeah. good on him. Um, and for the first half, we had thirty nine percent possession, which isn't to be sniffed at. Through West, uh, four shots, just one on target, which was a goal. Um, <laughs> and Rangers, they'd had ten shots, one on target, and they just looked like they could have played for days and not scored at this point, but. Still knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I think that that change at the back, Cameron, probably sets the tone for the second half. I think it's easy to think that Naismith tried to sit back and defend our lead going into the second half, but it probably is due to the, the changes we were forced into, wasn't it? 
I don't think he has a lot of choice. So it's that sticker twist thing, and you know, and we'll get to it, but it nearly worked. <laughs> you know, you, you could you got very close to having a completely different um, conversation, but yeah, I think you're having to burn one of your subs in the first half on a, a defensive switch, and then yeah, as it goes on, the changes there was changes forced upon him that he kind of had to make, and does it feel like we've got a hell of a lot of depth at the moment? So you're mm-hmm. playing players at a position. Yeah, I think his hand was forced. No. And to tell you the second half stats before we run into it, so we have 39% possession in the first half, 22% in the second half. So literally half the ball we had in the first. We only had one shot. The whole half, second half, one shot, which wasn't on target, which is terrible. But again, you, you just don't know how much Naismith actively wanted to give Rangers the ball. You would certainly hope not. Or if the, if it's naturally happened, Rangers have came out fired up. They've took control of the game. It's a combination of a few things. But I'll tell you one thing, which is true. We were fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't think we really looked like conceited, though. Like, I'll, no. I'll, Naismith touched on it in the, the interview and you have the penalty discussion after this, but like take that out of it. I think he was right about the point saying that we never really looked under massive threat to concede up to that point. Mm-hmm. I never wrote down how many shots Rangers had in the second half. It was like 20 or something. It wasn't far off 20 shots, which is incredible. And it really did just feel like wave after wave after wave. But like you say, it, it was still like, they're not going to score here. But on the other hand, you're like, we're playing at Ibrox. <laughs> and moving on to the famous Haring penalty. Um, it was a foul, first of all. All agreeing on that? Yeah. Just silly. Again, it was needless. Yeah. It is amazing that you can pull someone's shirt backwards and they can f- fall forwards. <laughs> By yeah. a mechanics or something. Uh, my issue is going to be when Rangers do that to a Hearts player on Sunday and it's not given as a penalty. 100%. And this oh, yeah. is why it's so frustrating because, and you'd think Haring's what, the, probably the most experienced player we had on the pitch. And he's making that mistake. Like you're playing at Ibrox against Rangers. John Beaton, who's literally been photographed in the Loudoun. Is manager is refereeing this football game, and you're pulling a Rangers player shot in the header. He's about fucking fifteen yards from goal as well. <laughs> so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, yeah. Stephen Aismith's talking a lot after the game. He's very much made this incident the scapegoat off the defeat, um, saying that it shouldn't if if Bar should have looked at the build up anyway and saw that Rangers were. Were illegally blocking the Hearts defenders. They should have reviewed that before looking at the Haring incident. But I, f- I think Naismith doesn't realise how incompetent the VAR <laughs> shows that. Yeah, that, that's fair that they are incompetent, but as Hearts manager, that's what he has to do have a go at VAR and them not looking at it. Mm-hmm. It was still fucking ridiculous from um, Haring. But. What? That happens in the box all the time and you rarely see them given. Yeah. It's but this is a you put it on a platter. Yeah. To give that. Um really disappointing. So that was the 89th minute going into the 90th minute. That penalty was was put away to make it one all. Nine minutes of Vadi time you go up and forward <laughs> and you fucking know fine well what happens next. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it is an inch-perfect cross from Tavernier into the box. If you look it back, it is a phenomenal cross, inch-perfect um, onto Danilo, and it, it just totally cuts out um, Kent, who uh, loses it back post, and it's, it's put home. Header home by a masked man, literally robbing us with his balaclava. <laughs> I think the only real... It's a good goal. Um, the only slight kind of criticism might be that it's at Clark's near side that it goes in. 
Mm-hmm. Like it feels like he's got to have covered that part of the ball. If it looked on the other side, totally get it. But that's the one side that he felt he had a chance to save it. Oh, you're absolutely right. Craig Gordon would have simply slid, slonked out his goal, picked it out of the air, and then toe bashed it straight up the back. Or somewhere to the left or right at the end of the park. So I very disappointed not to have not to have won the game. Never mind, ended up losing it. It's quite incredible. Yeah, after the game, the the only questions Naismith even got was were answered across multiple platforms all about the penalty. That was the talking point of the game. So moving on to talk about playing Rangers again this weekend, do you feel if we manage to to keep a, enough structure and play like we did in that first half that they're for the beaten? What do you think? I I think they look terrible. So yeah, I think there's there's a chance. I do think we need to be more positive though. They left so much room behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were just pinned in. And I I, I think we we could have done with you know last season it would have been Janelli and I think we maybe should have utilised Vargas a bit more a bit sort of standing on the shoulder as being a bit more of an out ball um, or even bring on a boy or an Oda who left on the bench uh, maybe should try to stretch them a wee bit more than we did but yeah playing on that bigger uh, hand in pitch as well right. you know there's a wee bit more room there and but yeah no I think if we can snatch a goal and just keep it a bit tighter, then, uh, yeah, of course we can win, but I've, I do fear that Rangers might assist us out a bit as well. Mm-hmm. The thing is, that I, I guess you can make that argument either way. Both teams have had a look at each other. The problem is that they probably have more options to be able to change their setup than we do. Yeah, we need to, like, realistically, who who's it went off? Civic went off injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could, for arguments, you could say it's not going to be the biggest loss, but realistically, who do we have? You know, is Kingsley going to have to go in there and then fire right back again? Then there's nobody mm-hmm. left, really. Well, probably Rar- going to have to play a back four, purely because we don't have enough centre-backs to play a back three. With a fire and Cochrane. Yeah. Kingsley and Kent. We've well, roles, I guess. I think you could do that then. Kingsley, Kent and Rolls as a back three. Kingsley played left centre back in a back three for us before. Mm-hmm. I think we stand a bit. Maybe just me, but I think we stand a better chance playing the four and putting the extra man in the midfield. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Because the thing is, as well, the only left footed thing, if you're playing a back three and you've got um, Kingsley and Rolls who are both left footed, like you can't play either of them as your centre centre back to win all the headers. It has to be Kent. So then you're gonna play someone left footed on the right hand side of Kent. It all gets very messy and unfamiliar at the back. So I think it has to be a back foot. Aye. It would be very harsh to win this game and force their fans to go to a game at Hamden on the seventeenth of December. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally harsh. <laughs> I've got, I've still got some hope. I don't know how. Maybe it's desperation. I've got some hope going into the semi. It's a trip to Hamden. Have to be. Yeah, like I said, Rangers did look terrible. You know, you said it. You just, mm. you mentioned it. They didn't look like scoring at all. They were getting into the final third, and then they were being very harsh, like just mm-hmm. fucking it up completely. So yeah, I think, like I said, a bit more positive, and I think. We could, maybe we could have even, you know, we never seemed like we were even attempting a counter attack or anything. And when we were, it was like Neuenhoff chasing a ball into the, the corner flag, and there was nobody else there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a wee bit more positive, but again, with the caveat that a couple of stupid changes we needed to make, and your whole game plan's fucked for the start anyway. Right. Now, if we're going to beat them, it's going to be on the counter, and it's going to be with pace and some magic from Shankland, I think. You have to shoehorn Oda in there and play Vargas up top off Shankland. And you have to build a midfield around that because you need the pace. I agree. We shall see. Well, Cam, uh, Cameron, Hammy, we, we have some hope going into Hamden. But do the good folk, folk 
of Jumble's Kickback. Talk away and don't talk a lot of shame. What do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to terrible. I'm going to go through some of the the uh, the most hated from the after the Rangers game. <clears throat> Good we let Halliday on the pitch for the two Rangers goals. I'm sure he will be on the podcast talking about how he's delighted the new Rangers managers turning them around. <laughs> Hopefully he wasn't celebrating too late in the Loudon Tavern, needing fit to sit on the bench on Wednesday night. Gets him out of our club. <laughs> even how they kind of catch a break someone says it's a dreadful second half after a promising first half uh, Peter Haring should be finished he should have been allowed to go last summer another part of the shambles we are if he doesn't tug the jersey they aren't winning that game which shows how inept they were I cannot see us beating them next week unless we can press for the full game or get two goals up early Someone says, really finding it hard to find what people are moaning about. Both penalties were correct decision and the f- defending for the winner was terrible. Sums up this team management and club board. Just weak and a bit shit. Um, Haring should never play for us again. He's an absolute utter prick. Nacy got it spot on <laughs> first half though and then completely wrong the second half. I don't get it. Why did he change? And Owen says, the start of the season has given us 11 points out of 30, and that is shit in any walk of life. Pathetic points tally. Get them out. Um, Haring let the club, let, sorry, Haring let the whole club down with some horrendous defending and decision making. Not being a fan of Naismith, but he doesn't deserve to cop it for today. There you go, a wee, wee supporter. What other, um, what other walk of life do you score points? Wondering. <laughs> Driving? <laughs> I'm doing quite well in those jobs. <laughs> uh, I know, it's a bit weird. Uh, um, another one says, that's what happens when you go all-out defensive mode after half-time, inviting Rangers to go all-out attack, not learn from the Hibs game where he did the same. And two stone wall penalties, by the way. Um, it says, two fucking morons playing for us with zero fucking IQ. Doesn't help that the whole SFA is set up to ensure Rangers get maximum points, though. Uh, another one says, I'm so fucking sick of being cheated by these fucking referees. I actually hate them. <laughs> if John Beaton was on fire, I'd fucking rather piss myself than help that prick. A cheating <laughs> piece of shit of a man. So... You've missed that analogy a wee bit there as well. You don't have to piss yourself. You just need to not piss on them. As someone says, is that everyone posted about how shite Haring is? First half, it was Sibbett getting both barrels from this set of fans. Now it is Haring. I reckon Vargas is next in line for the fall guy. If he is... It would be justified. He's a headless chicken and he brings nothing to the team. I don't understand why he keeps starting. Um, Statement from Cameron on the matter after the segment, please. (laughs) All right, the last one, because I think Vargas is a a good topic to bring up, actually. Um, I'm sure most of us could see this coming in the second half. Yes. Played well in the first, but got out of jail with the penalty miss. Yes. Civic again. So poor. No team can defend against the old firm on their own patch for the second half of the offering something in attack, and we offered absolutely nothing. Why go all the way to Costa Rica to buy a second-rate attacker? There's plenty of them here already. Haring was unbelievably poor. You can't get away with jersey pulling, and he should know that. Another must-win game for Naismith coming up against Livy. Mm-hmm. Everybody is terrible. But yes, I know, Jarvis, you mentioned that in the group chat, Vargas is getting it a bit mm-hmm. as well. And um, yes, he's now seems to be him, Sibic and, and Haring. And Sibic and Haring totally deserve it. Pish. Nothing like the um, unreasonable, overly emotional <laughs> bile that spews out a kickback daily. <laughs> <laughs> Vargas hasn't been amazing. No, it hasn't been very good. 
<laughs> You're not defending him that much. Okay. You can say that in a more, um, how should I put it? Reasonable tone? Diplomatic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's not been great. Um, I'd still like to see him given the time, but um, yeah, he needs to start. He needs to start producing on the pitch because mm-hmm. right now he ain't getting it done. But you could say that for a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we haven't seen a great deal of uh, Tagawa. I kind of hold Vargas and Tagawa in the same boat. Where when they're on, you're like, you can tell you've got loads of really decent attributes here, and I can see why we've brought you in. But you don't look like you've got a clue where you should be playing or what you should be doing when you're on this park. Jarvie, I'm uh, I'm old enough to remember back to January when we brought Oda in, and he was target number one for the first four months of his Hearts career. He was, aye. He finished the season. He was the only thing I was looking forward to going into this season, I remember saying. Yeah. There's um, There's something very wrong around the first team. The heads are so far down that at a right angle, their bodies in that. They've just Aye. eaten too many kebab pies. They don't have, they don't have a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vargas looks an athlete, but yeah. I think we need uh, need a a, man, a new manager. In. Um, and on that topic, so Marty Sefentes is gone. Fucking gutted. We don't know who else. Well, no, no one else was interviewed in the summer. We know that it was just Sefentes and, and Naismith. And then Frankie McAvoy got the job. Um, but we don't know who else could be out there if Naismith goes. But Derek McInnes has been linked. He just beat Aberdeen 2 0 at the weekend with Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock are fourth in the table, having a blind, having a smashing season. Could be a very safe appointment. But I think I said this at the time. I think it would be dull. Um, not the not the sexy appointment by any means. But um, I think Derek McInnes would have us in third right now. Exactly. And I was thinking about this. Right, Stephen Naismith is a, a gamble appointment, and the gamble up before him was um, sorry, uh, Daniel Stendel was a a gamble appointment, and before him was Ian Cathrow. <laughs> After Cafro, we got the safest houses, Craig Levine, put in charge. And so after... safe that he got us relegated. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig Levine, and after Daniel Stendel was Robbie Nielsen again, safe as fuck. We've we've been here before, but there's there's no <laughs> unless Robbie Nielsen comes back again. No, don't do it to me. Um, and Craig Levine comes out of his retirement. Uh, I feel like Derek McInnes is that kind of level of safety appointment. I think there's a, a good, cho- a very good chance it's going to be a McInnes rather than a potential wild card appointment from Europe or even down south, like uh, an Alex Ray's not sacked from Stoke yet. Um, I don't know if we'd afford them anyway. Chris Wilder's apparently could be going back to management in Sheffield. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before Naismith goes. I think it's just a question of when. Um, but I, I think when he does go, it's going to be a, a safe Scottish football appointment. That's my point. I would agree with that, yeah. I think they're a bit scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but we said this before Naismith, you know, the next managerial appointment needs to be the right one because we've fucked it and um, yeah I don't, I don't think this has been the right one so this one this one needs to be the right one I yeah we need to get right. we've been saying this for about 20 years now <laughs> yeah no, no. hey listen like if I, I'm one of Nielsen's biggest haters but you know he got a start he got his cut final um, it was a, a decent appointment it fucking failed eventually didn't get me wrong but Mm. Hey, fuck, you know what? Nielsen's not got a job. What about a solid, oh, ex- what about, <laughs> what about a solid ex-player that's already in the club? <laughs> Lee Wallace. Oh, um, <laughs> no, Liam Fox. Oh, he's, yeah. 
see, I said this last week, I think it was, Liam Fox would come in, he could beat Celtic and Rangers 4-0 apiece, win a derby 7-0, and because of the dirty smell, Naismith's left behind coming from the B team, Liam Fox wouldn't get the gig. <laughs> I, but he's actually doing well in the B team. He is doing fucking brilliant. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe the answer is in West Lothian. We play Livingston on Wednesday night. Can he wait? <laughs> um, last time out against Livingston at Tincastle, it was 1-0 to Livingston. Kyrolls got sent off. Um, and then Josh Ginelli scored an equaliser in the 97th minute. What a rush. Um, Livingston hasn't won at Tincastle since Colin Cameron was playing for us. Um, they beat us back-to-back in 2001-2002. Uh, Peak Livy years. Uh, since then we've played them 18 times we have won 11 won once on penalties and drew 6 times how do you see this one going? solid solid 2-0 win I I do actually think we will win this Um, I think we're going to play a lot of squad and young players like a denim start for example and maybe even a couple more. I don't think, I, I doubt it, mainly because of what you just said about Naismith, and I think he knows he needs wins. And I don't think he can play that game. It's a tricky one for him, eh? but we had so many knocks and niggles at the weekend there, I think he might be forced into having to play some, some youngsters here. I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. And I've, yeah. I've championed this for ages. I Again, I'd, I'd say a lot, but George Grant, he was anonymous on um, Sunday there. Is Denham much worse than that? I don't, I don't think so. You had a good start. What were you, Hammy? One day you're George Grant in, next day you're George Grant out. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm talking it in relation to youngsters, though. Like We seem completely you know, allergic to fucking playing a youngster. Um then I'm starting to season in there, and then we just don't see him again. It's just it just blows my mind. And then we persist with, you know, Benny who's half fit, or Grant who's no played. Fucking Halliday was getting on the pitch. He, yeah. he was, you know, Halliday was playing this, in midfield as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So it just I don't know. I just don't get it. Naismith came in and talked about playing youngsters, and he's worked with a lot of the youngsters. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just. Yeah, if we need to get them in. I, I know what Cameron says. Though. I, I honestly think if New, if Naismith doesn't get a win, it's going to get minging on Wednesday night. Like There's going to be a lot of people chucking stones at that bloody glass. So <laughs> My dad just said the same thing on the phone <laughs> this evening. <laughs> I, I, on, I, I think even a draw and it's going to look really bad because we've yeah. now lost the same amount of games as St. Johnston in the league who just sacked the manager. Mm-hmm. You know, we are two points off 11th, yeah. seven points, I think, off third, and they've played their game less. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. this sort of, it's, I still think it's very early to go about sacking managers, but at the same time, there's no indication I see for us getting better. So I think sometimes you just need to bite the bullet. To be fair, it's impossible for anyone else to finish bottom now. So John's not that bad. But anyway, <laughs> well, they've sacked their manager. <laughs> they're about to get Robbie Nielsen and they'll probably finish fucking third. <laughs> Um, ah, we play them at the end of the month. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was just coming on to that, Harry. So I I don't know. I mean, if we get beat off Livingston, would you really see Naismith get sacked before a, a semi final the weekend? I don't think so. Jesus, I, St Johnston have only scored three goals this season. I've been absolutely <laughs> rotten. I know. Um, I think a more more realistic timeline for Naismith here. Even if we win against Livingston, if it's a draw, if I get beat, I think he'll still be in charge for the semi-final. Semi-final's going to be a struggle, but I'm not going to... wouldn't like to say on record that we're going to get beat in a semi-final. But it's the three games after that. It's away to Motherwell, at home to St. Johnston, and away to Kilmarnock. There are three games that are that are tricky only because of the level we're currently playing at. It's Motherwell and Kilmarnock are in good form. But Hearts should be looking at getting at least seven points, if not nine points, out of three games like that. As simple as that, in reality. And I think if we're coming away from something like that with one, well, zero, one or three points from those three games, 
that's when you're looking at Naismith away. Then it's Rangers again. I was about to say, yeah, who do we play at the end of that? Rangers again. (laughs) Rangers, then it's Aberdeen, then it's Celtic. We've got Hibs in there. Terrifying stuff. St Mirren away, who are great this season as well. December is brutal. (laughs) I know. Like, they need to... We, there needs to be a decision sooner rather than later. That's the one one thing I think. If um, if a decision is made after the semi final this weekend, that will that would be really proactive to get someone else in and settled before we get into this. Because when's the next international break? Oh, well, it's after this weekend, isn't it? After the Motherwell game. After Motherwell, right? Between between Motherwell and St Johnston. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna it's, it's gonna be. Matter of time, but who knows? Maybe we'll come a wee nick, nick a victory on Wednesday, get through to the final, and then we're singing. Naismith's got a magic body. <laughs> so. do, you, do you just sit in rooms and have conversations with yourself at heart? <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, we're, we're getting carried away here, Cameron, by ourselves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, there wasn't one last week, so there's nothing to bring you up to speed on. So straight into the questions, and Simon is going to love buying these. Um, <laughs> I mean, the question everybody's asking is, are Hearts going to win on Wednesday and progress in the Cup? Well, Simon thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sell that one. I think I might sell that, you know. Oh, surprise. <laughs> I'm not even asking. You've already sold it. I'm going to buy. Oh, great. <laughs> yes. I'm absolutely selling that. Um, Shanklin scored two and about. Does he make it a hat-trick of games with a goal? Bye. What, against Livingston? Yes, sorry, I. I'm going to buy that, actually. I'll sell it. Maybe get maybe gets rested. Not getting rested. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Aye, that's buys across everybody at Sibiu, Jarvis. Um, we love a bit of um, trying to hang on in games against Rangers, it seems. Um, extra time in this game on Sunday? I'll buy it. So, Because we're winning the normal time. Oh, no, actually, you've not bought any of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going to sell it as well. Paddy? Sell. Sell there. He does have us winning in normal time. (laughs) (laughs) And I've not asked this for ages, but it feels like it might happen. Bold officials. Bold officials. (laughs) It's not bold officials. I'm adding one right now. (laughs) So... I'm not going to be at the game on Wednesday, but I'm going over 2.5 bald officials. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I will be at the game, taking your place, uh, abusing those bald officials. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna sell it. That's a lot of baldness. Yeah, I'm going to sell it too. It's too much baldness. Mm-hmm. You're saying this knowing who our management team is. We have over 2.5 baldos in the management team. <laughs> I never asked about that. Never asked about <laughs> um, yeah, the question I was going to ask that I've not asked for a while is my personal favourite. And seeing we're at the National Stadium on Sunday, is there pyro before the game? <laughs> oh. I'll buy it. Yeah. Bye. I'm going. Tommy's Googling images off the semis from last year. Look at them. Oh, it's going to be rainy, so I'm going to sell. Oh, weather report. <laughs> oh, boo. I think even in the rain, they put them off, and it's a big smoky atmosphere. Yes. Steam. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, if Simon's predictions come in, it's going to be a hell of a week. <laughs> oh, Let's out. hope it does. Come on, hearts. You can do it. Right. One thing about Hearts, eh? it's never boring, and that's why we love it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the on, on the pitch stuff doesn't even fucking matter. <laughs> it does. But, but if you're not playing all by yourself already, you can do so on um, X and Instagram at Hearts underscore Podcast. Um, and by the way, listener, um, me, 
Simon and Cameron are all away on our jollies next week. So we've just realised we won't have a podcast for you. However, I can guarantee you, if Stephen Naismith does get sacked, then there will be a special recording. <laughs> For clarity, we're not on our jollies together. We're on our jollies together, separate jollies. So uh, I <laughs> maybe see you soon. And I big big week ahead. Try and enjoy it. Hopefully you can. Hopefully it's a good one. Eh? Um, I until the next time. Come on, the hearts. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>